studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You wrote Joe Biden was a man of integrity. Still, I think he's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. I think he's gotten a lot wrong. You're talking all through the years as vice president. He opposed every one of Ronald Reagan's military programs to uh, contest the Soviet Union. He opposed the first Gulf War. That list goes on. But do you think he made a mistake in Afghanistan in the way... Yes. He handled the withdrawal. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, Robert Gates. He was on 60 Minutes Sunday night. It was pretty good. I was actually going to go back and watch the extra long cut they have on the CBS app because I find him a fascinating guy. And he's clearly not. Um, he's former Secretary of Defense under Obama and Bush. Mm-hmm. So he's worked for both parties. He He is one of the very few people out there who doesn't clearly try to pick a side on these things. It might be the only one I can think of, actually. Right, right. He's a straight dealer. Because he goes on to say some fairly negative things about Trump. Although he did say Trump definitely made the right move in drawing everybody's attention toward uh, the, the evils of China. Right. Which may be the one thing that his administration is reduced to 100 years from now. Um, and it'll be a, a real positive. So uh, he had one more thing to say that I thought was of note. Clip 63. What do you think the greatest threat to democracy is in this country right now? The extreme polarization uh, that we're seeing. The greatest threat is found within the two square miles that encompass the White House and the Capitol building. So on that topic, we we talked earlier, I guess it was last week, about this uh, Democratic pollster David Shore who was canceled for pointing out that riots hurt Democrats uh, in in voting uh, in the next election, whereas peaceful protests help. And and he got fired from his job for daring to say that in the midst of the whole George Floyd insanity. And uh, and Ezra Klein, who's uh, just annoying as hell, he's the lefty who started Vox, is uh, writing about David Shore, and he leaves out the fact that uh, that half of the left is destroying, trying to destroy anybody who disagrees with it. And Freddie DeBoer, who's actually an associate, I believe, of Tim Sandifer's, wrote a really interesting piece on that. And um, and he makes some absolutely fabulous points about the super woke crowd. And uh, I'm going to share part of it with you. Uh, Jack, interrupt as you like, of course. The left of center is in a profoundly strange and deeply unhealthy place. In the span of a decade or less, a bizarre form of linguistically radical but substantively conservative identity neoliberalism descended from decaying humanities departments in elite universities and infected social media like Tumblr and Twitter, through which it conquered the media and entertainment industries, the nonprofit industrial complex, and government entities as wide-ranging as the U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights and the brass of the Pentagon. That move now effectively controls the idea and story generating power of our society outside of explicitly conservative media, which exists in a large silo, but a silo all the same. On any given day, the most powerful institutions in the world go to great lengths to mollify the social justice movement, to demonstrate fealty, to avoid its wrath. It's common now for liberals to deny the influence and power of social justice policies for inscrutable reasons. But if the current level of control over how people talk publicly isn't so is insufficient i can't imagine what would placate them are most of these institutions false friends of course but that's too not much of a defense his point being that virtually all of the the speaking parts of our society are terrified of these people and don't dare disagree with them it's probably worth pointing out this guy's a lefty 
He's yet another lefty. He thinks the Democratic Party needs to move further to the left in terms of policy. So, you know, it's not Sean Hannity, which I think is significant. Um, core to understanding this movement is to realize that the vast majority of people who enforce these politics don't actually believe in them. They don't, that is, think that social justice politics as currently composed are healthy or just or likely to result in positive change. There's a core of hardcore believers who do, and there's a group of those who profit directly uh, from this sort of thing. Um, blah, blah, blah. There's conservative critics or targets and blah, blah, blah. There's, but there's an island of misfit toys of left and leftish critics of social justice politics like me. And there's the great big mass of people who are just scared. I think Ezra Klein didn't really connect the dots between Shore's cancellation, the, de- the debate about how the Democrats should strategize and message because he's afraid of facing the same tactics Shore faced. Why wade in those waters when the potential consequences are so severe and the upside is so limited? I'm not accusing Klein of lacking courage or integrity. I just think he's operating within a professional culture that has established dozens of new unwritten rules in the past couple of years, along with severe consequences for breaking them. And that's the general thing. Let me skip to my favorite part. Um, okay. They say, for example, that people come from less privileged backgrounds, and there isn't any really scale for that sort of thing, but hang on. Those people should have special status to dictate the future of the party. And you might imagine that this would privilege conservative and modern Demo- moderate Democrats, of which there are far more than you would ever imagine from Twitter. The young activist core of the progressive Democrat agenda is dominantly white. It is, it must be, as most Americans are white, not an even higher percentage, college graduates are white, and the percentage of those who went to the tiny handful of elite schools that graduate the vast majority of our politically influential class are even more white. Those activists are thus, thus overwhelmingly young, majority white, and almost universally college educated. And while in some cases making bad money now, they're upwardly mobile, uniquely equipped to navigate the knowledge economy when they move on to getting paid, as they all inevitably will, this would seem to be the privileged class in the most obvious sense and against them stands a lot of regular democratic voters say people with some college but no degree black folks middle-aged middle class far more conservative than the average twitter liberal favoring common sense you know he goes into a, a bunch of different policies his point being these people are the most privileged and elite among us and then he makes a really another good interesting point. They're convinced of this Latinx stuff and that that black people think like them um because the only black people they interact at interact with rather are at the super elite universities. They don't talk to Consuelo who's making their their burritos. They don't talk to the black janitor. They talk to the black people in their elite university social classes. But everybody's so terrified of them. Nobody points out um, the masses of working class Democratic voters don't believe this S. The transgender stuff, the Latinx stuff, all that stuff. It was David Shore's own numbers. He, the, 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 the pollster that got fired that there are three times as many moderate to conservative people of color in the Democratic Party than there are the white college educated super liberals. Three right. times as many. So I don't know how this comes out in the wash because a minority can rule if they're uh, if they're vocal enough. Yeah, the 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 point is not to beat it to death, but that the average hardworking uh, black family in America or working class white family—that's 
traditionally, uh, you know, voted Democrat or or the uh, Hispanic folks who are going back and forth between the parties trying to figure out who's a, a more comfortable home for them and the rest of it. They don't think that way. It's Ibram X. Kendi. It's Harvard professors. It's Princeton law grads and, and, and students who try to cancel that poor guy who was a Native American for the love of God for using the term trap house and the rest of it. This is a tiny cabal of the super elite. And not only do they not speak for the masses of uh, lefty voters in America, and who I've said many times, they're my friends, they're my bandmates, they're my coworkers. I got no problem with them. You think that policy is better? I think this policy is better. Let's talk about it. But they don't represent the views of these people at all. These super elites—they're they're crazy people and they're dangerous. Before we take a break and get on to other stuff, this is pretty cool. I wish this had happened to me. A diver found a nine hundred year old crusader sword. What a cool thing to have. And it looks wow. like something straight out of like a Braveheart movie or something like that. Great big giant steel sword. 900 years old. Uh, the iron sword has been preserved in perfect condition and is a beautiful rare find. It says here it belonged to a crusader knight. Crusader knight. Um, from dang near a thousand years ago when you had knights, armor, and swords going across the country. Try, or going across the world trying to, you know... Force people into Christianity. Become a Christian or I'll chop you in half. (laughs) Indeed. With my giant sword. Oh, speaking of which, that uh, last duel movie you're so excited about, got Mm. this note from Matt. Jack should temper his expectations. I heard it's about gender roles in medieval times. And they took what could have been cool and woke it up. (laughs) Please do not use gendered language to to, to address everyone. Discuss gender roles. I saw somebody write, I'm not going to watch the Matt Damon mullet sword movie. They do appear to have mullets. which (laughs) That's an odd thing to take a stand on, but who am I to judge? Uh, Trump has spoken out on the death of Colin Powell. And, uh, oh boy. And in a very Trumpy fashion, he said, um, Colin Powell was a classic rhino, but anyway, may he rest in peace. That was this comment. Okay. All right. Very helpful. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Next hour, we will talk to Tim Sandifer about the, the, the vote of the city council in New York to bring down the Jefferson statue. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson. Now getting canceled. Oh, wow. We are a stupid, stupid, cowardly people not standing up against these these dictators, ideological dictators. Is there any limit to where we can go? We should actually think about that. What is is there a limit? I guess the giant memorials in Washington, D.C., if they start coming down. But maybe we're working our way up to that. I would suggest there are going to be plenty of folks standing there ready to defend them. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Myself included. I might have to do administrative work as I'm getting a little long in the tooth for street fighting, but uh, I'd be happy to help the cause. <laughs> I might have to do administrative work. <laughs> well, I'll print up the flyers so everybody gets there. That's an important job. I got a little tendonitis in my elbow. I'd love to punch somebody in the face, but uh, uh, it's all stiff. I heard a column the other day. The, 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 there seems to be a crowd out there that kind of wants a civil war. Well, you may get it if we keep on this uh, path. I, I'm Yeah. I'm not wanting that. Yikes. I mean, uh, if it's like anything like the last Civil War, it doesn't sound that appealing. Well, at least that was over something. 
and not because a, a bunch of radical college professors perverted the minds of the young. They weren't imagining slavery back in the day. <laughs> so what are we going to do without nurses, without cops, without all kinds of different professions, without people flying our planes because they won't get the vaccine? What, what is going to be the answer for that? Um, it seems like a real problem to me. You can't fly your plane. You can't send your kid to school. There are no police when you call because the, the, there's so many people that don't want to get the vaccine, even though there are mandates. Well, and we got a couple of uh, emails from teachers saying, look what I just got from the uh, superintendent or whatever, threatening if any teachers participated in protests yesterday, for instance. Some of those uh, that no- goes against your, con- uh, your contract. Some of those numbers and other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Port talk, because we've done some focus groups, and what people listening to the radio really like is port talk, particularly infrastructure port talk. Oh, yeah. People just love it. Can't get enough. Kids love it. Adults love it. Trucks, containers, cranes. You start talking about that, the kids' eyes light up. I joke, but this supply chain thing is going to be, everybody's going to be talking about it soon, I think. And the ripples are just beginning, they're saying. We're not toward mm-hmm. the end of this. We're at the beginning of it? What now? What? Yeah, we're at the very beginning of it. So, interesting story in the Washington Examiner. They point out that uh, despite President Biden's goal to move cargo around the clock in the L.A. ports, uh, including Long Beach, the gates remain shut on Sunday with a smattering of open traffic on Saturday. Uh, they go into some of the numbers. 88 container vessels waiting at dock, either Long Beach or L.A. Eight of those giant ships. Port officials say they're working with terminal operators to increase the open gate times. However, waterfront labor negotiator Jim Tessier, who has worked on behalf of both longshoremen and their union, says it comes down to money because shipping companies run the terminals. Most shipping companies are foreign, didn't attend Biden's briefing, and don't care what he or the landlord think. The port has nothing to do with all the operations. They are the landlord. How involved is your landlord in your business? Interesting. A lot of competing powers there. Yeah, so as we mentioned yesterday, 40% of our goods in the United States come through uh, the Long Beach and L.A. ports. And uh, we got backups all around uh, the country, all around the world, really. But we're having... And there are a lot, many factors. And uh, all I know is what I read and what I hear. If you know other stuff, feel free to pass along through email or text at 415-295-KFTC. But... A lot of ports around the world had been operating 24 hours a day for a long time. But we have powerful unions of longshoremen and other workers who fought that. They don't want to have 24-hour shifts. They want to have shorter shifts. They don't want to work a lot of uh, various holidays and stuff where they work. And, and they don't want the technology that eliminates jobs. And there are a lot of ports, most ports around the world, all of China's ports, are heavily automated, including the ships being automated. Well, back in, um, this, this article is only from a few weeks ago. Uh, Longshoremen Association, their um, uh, union, would not service automated container ships if they were to ever call on U.S. ports. They made the announcement. So any of these automated ships, they will not unload them. Wow. Sorry, but that's the future of the world. Whether you like it or not, it's just the future of the world. But the Longshoremen's Association said, um, uh, staking out the union's stance on robotic technology as maritime operation projects gain across the globe. 
Under the ILA's jurisdiction, these ships will not be unloaded or loaded by ILA members. Workers around the globe are under assault from the threat of automotion, automation by greedy companies only interested in making money and eliminating workers who help them build their success in companies. Well, automation's here, and it's going to happen whether you like it or not. Yeah, boo-hoo. Signed, guys who used to shoe horses. Or, geez, all kinds of different people. A thousand examples. That lost their jobs to automation. So we brought this up. This is from years ago, but this is a longshoreman. Uh, A member of the media was attempting to interview this guy during a different labor dispute. And this is how powerful longshoremen feel they are and how little they feel they need to tell us uh, or talk to the media. Tell us what's going on. Oh, hi. I'm with uh, KGW and just wanted to know if there was anyone here who might uh, want to talk to us about the situation. From oh, the- actually, you can go down to Mill Avenue. Uh-huh. Talk to them dumbasses down there at EGT. They'll tell you how they're f***ing the longshoremen around here. All right. That's what you can do. So go back to Portland. Bye. Hey. Hey. Get your f***ing camera out of here. That's none of your f***ing business, you Fight unless you are trespassing. Get the out of here now. Okay. Get out of here now. Okay, okay. Don't with me, partner. You're not the PR staff, are you? You don't worry about who I'm with. You're not, you're, you're Get the not. out of here. That's none of your business, you. Unless you want so that just gives you out of here. that gives you a little taste of how the longshoremen feel they need to react to our questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no innovation allowed. That's quite a stance. You're not going to unload automated ships. Well, then you're just going to be out of work completely. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My name's Mike Schmidt, and I grow giant pumpkins. Pumpkins are like ice cream. Everyone loves them. Some people say we're crazy, but, you know, we're just people that like to have a little fun out in the dirt. Uh, this is a giant pumpkin. It weighs in at 2,520 pounds. This pumpkin would have won this year, so you're looking at a pumpkin that would have been worth $20,000. Crack was the size of a fingernail. It happens. There's no crying in pumpkin growing. I know I can do it again, so we just got to look forward to the future and do it again. That's the American spirit right there, right. folks. My uncle got obsessed with growing a giant pumpkin in retirement. Mm. He's going to try to win the uh, the local county fair. Uh, I remember when I was a kid in Wisconsin, they would uh, they'd put a giant pumpkin in the uh, in the lobby, and then everybody would try to guess the way to the pumpkin. And if you guessed, whoever guessed closest got the pumpkin. <laughs> and uh, we would get so excited about it because it was very very large. It was like the size of a you know a chair you would sit in. Big sitting chair. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very large. But uh, because we're little kids, you know, we're all guessing a million thousand pounds or a hundred <laughs> million pounds, thousand yeah. hundred pounds. <laughs> and it ended up being 85 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that, there was a crack in the pumpkin or something. So he was disqualified. What was that? A yeah, you can't have fingernail any cracks. Cra- oh, an uncracked pumpkin. Naturally. Wow. Oh, interesting. Plucky guy, though. He lost $20,000, but he understands. It's a, it's a, there's no crying in pumpkin growing. That's the American spirit. There right you there, go, folks. So uh, coming up, the giant gorilla statue on Wall Street explained, plus U.S. Senator calls for senility tests for older leaders. Hello, Pull that hint. bad care. Hint, hint. But right now, it's time for a tsunami of wokeness. Oh, boy. 
There's a tsunami of woke. There's a tsunami of wokeness. We have a number of technological problems. There's a tsunami of wokeness. (laughs) With our intro to tsunami of wokeness. Every time it's a real crapshoot, isn't it? (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Well, it's a woke means. What does it mean? That's right. That's right. Everything turns to ass. Right. So uh, a rare positive start to the tsunami of wokeness feature. You remember when University of Chicago professor Dorian Abbott, Abbott rather, was disinvited from the MIT lecture series because he wasn't quite enough down with the Wokesheviks. Well, he said, all right, well, I'll do the uh, lecture online instead. And thousands of people, many, many, many multiples more than could have fit in the hall, have joined to hear his lecture after MIT. Cowards. Cowards at MIT disinvited him because they were afraid of the Wokesheviks. So that's a triumph. Good for you, sir. Give your lecture. Spread the word. Teach the science to the youngsters. There's still hope. This this sort of thing, uh, I'm sorry, back to the tsunami of wokeness. I can't remember. Do we play the theme again or just at the end? I guess at the end. It's a tsunami uh, of wokeness. There's a tsunami of wokeness. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this sort of thing, this has become a one-foot putt. Scrawled racist graffiti that led a thousand Missouri students to walk out of their classroom in protest. Uh, superintendent made a blah, blah, blah. Students captured cursing at school administrators, shedding tears, chanting into bullhorns at the protest over the racism. I'm sick and tired of people getting racially profiled. I just want to say to the school, do better, blah, blah, blah. Well, it was a black student who scrawled the racist graffiti in the bathrooms that caused everybody to walk out and have protests and send. Uh, we're all so hurt by this letters from the administration and, and the rest of it. Um, and on and on. So. There was a big rally where students made speeches. It was just terrible. And as usual, it was an activist. who. And, you know, I used to get this wrong. I used to think that they really wanted people to see how much racism there there is. And so if there wasn't enough around, they'd invent some so people would understand all the racism. Now I think it, it's sometimes that, and sometimes I think it's just... If, if there's, like in the wake of the George Floyd thing, you could not say, as David Shore pollster, it did. Uh, riots actually hurt Democrats at the ballot box, or you'll be canceled. Well, in the wake of this uh, this racist graffiti in Missouri, nobody could say anything. The Wolksheviks had the high ground, and everybody was terrified to speak out. Otherwise, they'd be identified with whatever awful white supremacist Nazi had written the uh, the graffiti. So it's a way to keep you perpetually in a state of fear. One more tsunami awokeness story. You may recall this, and maybe you heard about this last week. Uh, a parent by the name of Scott Smith was arrested at a Loudoun County, Virginia school board meeting, uh, wrestled to the ground by cops, the rest of it. And it was just, it was mostly featured by the mainstream media how adamant people were and how they're getting crazy about the whole alleged critical race theory thing. Well, the true story of Mr. Smith and what happened is. Something. His daughter had been sexually assaulted, raped, seriously raped by a boy who entered the girl's bathroom wearing a skirt. 
claimed to identify as a girl, raped his daughter. He was asked to keep quiet about it to help the prosecution and the rest of it. He did. But then he went to the school board meeting, and people started saying, I don't believe you, including a woman wearing a rainbow heart shirt, left-wing community activist, told Smith, I don't believe anything happened to your daughter. You're just a transphobe. And he had a heated exchange with the woman, a police officer there to keep peace in the meeting, pulled on his arm. Smith yanked it away. Before he knew it, he was face down, hit in the face, then face down, handcuffed, and dragged across the floor. And now he's speaking out, as you may have heard, um, as the Loudoun County School Board now is trying to keep it very quiet because this same perpetrator did the same thing again and is now in the justice system, in the juvie justice system. Yeah, I looked into this story a couple weeks ago when it first burbled up, and it was confusing at the time. Maybe it's less confusing now. I don't know. But I will tell you this. That whole lawyer's telling you not to talk, I think, is just bull s. Do whatever you think is in your best interests. Lawyers got their own needs. And if you think something bad is going on, feel free. Especially now in the modern world where everything is tried through the media, say what you got to say. Right. Well, here's a for instance for you. It was May 28th. The high school called Smith, said, come to the school. Your daughter's been beat up uh, uh, by a male. What a horrible phone call to get. In a bathroom by a male. When he arrived, he determined what had happened was not his daughter was beaten up. It was far more serious. The school said it was handling the incident in-house. Smith was dumbfounded and started yelling about it. Deputies from the sheriff's office ultimately responded to the school not to investigate the alleged rape of a child, but because school administrators called them on him for making a scene about it. Smith acknowledges he did make a scene, said any father would have done the same. I went nuts. I called the principal a blank. Six cop cars showed up like an effing SWAT team uh, to respond to him. So Loudoun County, Virginia, Fairfax County, you've heard about them over and over uh, in the news. The school board meetings are getting crazy. These are some of the ultra-rich, left-wing, uh, woke districts in America. There, there are all the, the lobbyists and, and the, the rich people who profit from Washington, D.C. They're the typical uh, graduate degree-holding white woman woke places and they're gone so far as because this creature this person who raped a girl and sexually assaulted another one identifies as transgender they won't be open about it they won't deal with it because it hurts the whole up with transgender narrative and and i would say to transgender folks listening no i don't associate you with this sick rapist not in any way it's a sick rapist. You're not, so don't worry about it. But because the Wokesheviks can't handle anything that hurts the narrative, they silenced child rape, which is insane. It's a tsunami of wokeness. There's a tsunami of wokeness. <laughs> Everything woke turns to sh. It's the flatness of that clip that makes it enjoyable. It's a tsunami of wokeness. There's a tsunami of wokeness. So there was a a ransomware attack on Sinclair Broadcast Group yesterday. Owns dozens of news stations across the United States. And they were uh, really hampered in being able to do their business around a ransomware attack. Cox Media Group, which is another smaller um, uh, number of stations around the country, they got hit a couple of weeks back and were unable to use their computers and phones for days. Left out of these stories all the time is 
So did they pay him and how much? Because nobody ever says. But yes, they probably did and probably quite a fair amount. Oh, hey, a prominent talk radio star might be getting booted because he won't get the vax. That in a moment after a quick word from a friend. What? Simply Safe Home Security. I haven't heard this. Uh, Simply Safe has a brand new wireless outdoor security camera that is just fantastic. Built-in spotlight, color night vision, super high def, uh, eight times zoom. So if anybody does anything funky uh, in your yard, on your in front of your your house, on the street, in your backyard, whatever, you can zoom and actually see their face clearly and and see a license plate number. For instance, this is a serious camera. And these cameras are um, uh, not corded; they're battery operated, easy to remove, rechargeable battery, so you can put the camera anywhere. It doesn't have to. Be near and out with that used to be the you know the big hang up on these kind of cameras if you wanted them to work right and it integrates very simply with your already great simply safe home security system learn more about the exciting new simply safe wireless outdoor security camera by visiting simplysafe.com slash armstrong simply safe going to knock 20 percent off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring again that's simplysafe.com slash armstrong check out the camera check out the system simplysafe.com slash armstrong got something good on the food pyramid coming up in a second because uh, when the government got involved in telling us what to eat that's when we all got fat so i think we should continue to listen to them and their recommendations stay tuned for that so I'm familiar with Dan Bongino because he was a pretty frequent guest on Fox News. He's a red meat chucking conservative guy. He was a special forces or something like that. I don't remember his history. Interesting guy. Very, very bright. Uh, Cumulus Radio, which is uh, one of the bigger radio companies. Um, in fact, we do business with them. Fine folks. Um, our, uh, they've announced all Cumulus folks have to get the vaccine. And he said, I'm not getting it. Hmm. I didn't know that. And so I, they might have the uh, vaccine, but I didn't know we were required to. Yeah, let's see. Where do I have that? That's probably all you have to know. But, um, yeah, I lost They do it. have the good sense to hire us, so that makes them pretty wise in my eyes. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I tell you what, between the cops and the nurses and the teachers and the talk show hosts, well, there are more. They can listen to our show instead. When this uh, whole vaccine mandate thing comes fully home to roost, yet another disruption shaking up of, of normal life. I, I wonder how serious it'll be. I know the cop shops are really shorthanded now. What you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. Let's all look to the government for that advice because they've been so good at it so far. We'll have that next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A couple of stories to mention. I saw this yesterday, but I wanted to check the source out a little bit. The American Prospect, which I'm not that familiar with. It's an online quarterly. Uh, but uh, according to people who rate this sort of thing, it leans left, but is fairly reliable. Okay, well, anyway, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell sold up to $5 million worth of stock from his personal account right before um, a crash. It says the crash, but I don't know what crash you're talking about. The stock market continues to go up. Hmm. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, there was an article in the New York Times about all the judges. Or was it the WAPO? It doesn't really matter. Or well, No, it was the Wall Street Journal. Uh, all the federal judges who uh, who trade stocks uh, uh, of companies they're actually deciding cases on. Wow. So Jerome Powell, who, uh, you know, is a Fed Reserve chairman, he can really make news um, with, you know, with the just suggestions of things. 
Uh, he sold up to $5 million worth of stock right before the Dow lost 1,600 points. So some people are looking at it. Okay, look into it. If he's a crook, let me know. Uh, Procter & Gamble to raise prices on more staples. As we've been talking about this a lot, U.S. inflation is its highest level in uh, in decades. Procter & Gamble said all kinds of different things are going to go up in price soon. So that brings me to this story. Um, BBC had reported Kraft Heinz says that people have better be prepared to pay more, or should be prepared to pay more for ketchup and various other products. And uh, an economist who's a professor at a university tweeted out, Inflation occurs when employers raise prices. Profit drives their decisions, but they dare not publicly admit that reason. Instead, they blame government or rising wages or shortages. Anything anyone but themselves. Don't be fooled. Wow. How can you have such a profound lack of understanding of economics and be an economics professor? Jonah Goldberg retweeted that, said, and this guy apparently teaches economics or something he calls economics. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. It's like a, a, a medical professor denying that there are bones. I mean, what are you talking about, sir? Wow, that's They wouldn't be in business but for the profit motive, which has lifted up mankind. Another economist followed that up, by the way, with showing how uh, the prices of goods have done nothing but fall since roughly 1980 with the competition of, like, Walmart and Amazon and everybody doing what? Lowering prices over the years to get more consumers and making gazillions of dollars off having lower prices. Right. And customers flocking to their stores. Right. With the aid of cheap communist manufacturing. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's a new uh, new guidelines out from the government on what you ought to eat. Uh, attached to somebody saying on Twitter, just remember, Americans were skinny until the government got into food pyramiding. I'm not sure if that's exactly right, but that's pretty close to about the time government started to get really heavily active in telling us what we should and shouldn't eat. Yeah, lots and lots of carbs. That's the key. It's got the food compass score, and it's got uh, it's a colored chart here that obviously you can't see, but the stuff in green is to be encouraged to eat, the stuff in yellow to be moderated, the stuff in red to be minimized. Things you should minimize, eggs, uh, cheddar cheese, and ground beef. Things that should be encouraged, chocolate-covered almonds, uh, Cheerios. What? Um variety of things so uh lucky charms cheerios sweet potato fries grape juice and watermelon all score twice as high as eggs cheese and beef and a new healthfulness metric oh my god again and yeah and then again them saying americans were skinny until the government got into food pyramiding so look into it yourself i would say and this is probably straight out of the cdc right or is it the department of agriculture or something like that the CDC, who and I appreciate this so much, you pointing out, we've ignored the CDC our entire lives. Yeah. Nobody cares what they think. Exactly. They tell you you should exercise an hour a day. How many of you are religiously following that? Very few of you. Me. And then people who actually know what they're doing say, no, just take a good brisk walk several times a week. That'll get you like three quarters of the way there. Yeah, they're they're a bunch of, oh boy. If you come across something that has risen in price quite a bit, go ahead and text us, 415-295-KFTC. I know I've got my own examples. Gas is obvious one, but groceries and whatever else you come across that's gone lumber. Boy, we hear that story all the time. Things that have just gone up crazy um, in the recent months or weeks. So I've been uh, waiting to do this, unless you had more on that thought. 
Uh, in the time we have left, which is very little, Tim the Lawyer next hour. If you miss the hour, you can grab the show, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, via podcast. I've become increasingly aware there are a lot of folks, particularly over 40, we'll say, who have no idea how podcasts work and how to get them. Go to your app store, whether it's Apple Apps or your Google Play Store or whatever. So and on just, the corner of 4th and Main, the app store. Exactly. And you just you know search on podcast apps. Pick out your favorite. iHeartRadio is a really good one. Uh, Apple has its own podcast thing. And then once you get that app, just search on Armstrong and Getty. You will get Armstrong and Getty on demand. It will pop up as the number one result. So if you ever miss a chunk of the show, use your favorite podcasting app to grab it on demand. Listen to it later when you have time. Uh, Our boss has done it at his desk before where he just says into his smart speaker, play Armstrong and Getty, and it just starts playing something. Yeah, yeah. What? I don't know whether it would be the hour you want or in the correct order. Who knows? Depends on how good a relationship you have with old uh, Alexa or Siri or whatever you're using. But that's how podcasting works. It's actually very, very uh, easy, and it's a it's a handy way to keep up with the show if you would like to. And if you uh, discover it and like it, it'll probably be the end of radio. What? Whoa. Meh. What are you going to do? Meh. It's the future. <laughs> Unlike the Longshoremen's Union, I am embracing the future. Well, yeah, and I'm just happy spoken word. Spoken word coming out of a speaker is more popular than it's ever been. Radio, and that's us. Hooray! It just has to be quality if you can find it anywhere. That ain't easy to find. There's a lot of people just droning on. Blah, blah, blah about this and that. Armstrong and Getty.